There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to One for the Road, the podcast about running and the rest of your life. Hi, Harry. Hi, Lizzie. We're back again, sort of making no promises. This is like a, I feel like I'm shouting louder. I'm shouting because, you know, like when someone can't use their phone properly, like you talk to your grandma and she thinks that it's like a long distance phone call because you're not in the same room as me, but you're not actually even in the same city right now. No. So we are Skyping each other and I am in Dubai. And you're not just in Dubai for a little bit, are you? 
No, I live here now, which is probably one of the reasons why we've had a massive extended break. Just been figuring some things out, hey? Yeah. So, yeah, I checked the other day. We haven't done a podcast since September 2016. And that was when we were we were back for season two, which lasted uh, a grand total of two episodes. But before that, we were regularly recording in June 2016. So it's been almost a whole year of us rabbiting on. Oh, well, I mean, we've been rabbiting to each other. We've just not taken the time to record it. Yeah, so maybe some people are glad that we haven't been recording it. But <laughs> <laughs> Hi, dear listeners. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're back. We've got a microphone each now. So hopefully it's a, like audible this time because even when we were in the same room as each other, sometimes we were too quiet. <laughs> This is true. We would like feedback on our improvements to sound. <laughs> uh, so because it's been such a long time and we probably can't um, chart all of the highs and lows that have happened to us in this fair year uh, that it's been. What's what's what well, we've discussed some of your news. Do you want to extend any more news to share? Yeah, I guess the, I guess the big, big high is that I've completely relocated my entire life to the Middle East, <laughs> which is going pretty well been here 12 weeks so it doesn't really justify the entire eight month uh gap that we've had in recording well actually it started i first applied for this job that i'm doing out here in august uh came out for an interview in december and moved in march so it has been quite a long process do you feel settled in yeah i'd say so mostly i am sitting on the floor of my apartment you can see this no one else can i can it looks nice I've done a lot of trips to Ikea and hardware stores and lots of DIY, so that's helping me feel settled. (laughs) So what else is going on? So yeah, it's June at the moment, so it's Ramadan at the moment. It's the second week of Ramadan, which is obviously something I've never experienced in a um, Muslim country before. So that's interesting, learning so much about the kind of culture and religion being here. I very much think we're going to need many, we can cover many a topic with your experiences in the Middle East. Yeah. We'll like gloss over them for now. Um, the main one being just how how bloody hot it is. It's not even proper summer yet. It does look like it. I can see the blue sky out your window. Looks great. Let me just check my weather app. It feels the same every day. It just feels hot, to be honest. Well, wow, it's actually pretty cool today. It's it's thirty three degrees, which is the coolest I've known it for a few weeks. Actually, most of the time at the moment, it's high. High 30s, low 40s, and about 70% humidity. Wow. Just permanently sweaty then. Yeah, just shiny. Shiny all the time. We've also got to discuss how you handle living and doing things there. (laughs) Just don't go outside very much, right? No, not at the moment. Recap your news from eight months in 60 seconds. (laughs) Wow. I didn't emigrate anywhere. I turned 30. It happened. The big thing happened. I went to Copenhagen and I ran Copenhagen Marathon. (laughs) So we can cover that as well in our news. Yeah, I think we should definitely talk more about that. So what's on our agenda today? So we're going to talk more about how Copenhagen was because we like a good proper race recap. I might try and talk about running in the desert. (laughs) That can be our desert topic this time, running or lack thereof, as you'd imagine. A bit of, like, negativity when it comes to being heckled whilst running. Mm. And we can't be this close to an election without 
giving it a quick mention because, you know, we like to be a bit political. So let's start off with Copenhagen in more detail. So Copenhagen, I love Copenhagen as a city. It is awesome. It is the most beautiful, scandy, chilled, coffee-filled haven for me. I mean, our Airbnb was like Scandinavian dream. It was like, I felt like I walked into an Instagram. It was, everything was like beautifully Danish designed, like perfect. It was meant to be like a family home and you, it was spotless. There wasn't kids stuff, like if there was a child's toy, it was like a perfect artful pile of child's toys in the corner that was left scattered. The whole thing was like so lovely. And we had a really, really fun weekend because I had three other friends running the marathon as well and a couple of friends coming to cheer. And it turned out that it was going to be the hottest weekend of the year for Copenhagen, which meant that we had a really lovely couple of days enjoying the sun but on Sunday morning it was pure sunshine and 22 degrees at nine o'clock in the morning beautiful marathon weather exactly fantastic cheering marathon weather not good running marathon weather we had a and actually the night before we looked at the course and they had changed it this is the first year of this course and it's actually like um you do one big loop then you go out and do a loop in a kind of more rurally not rural, but like the outer city. And then you come back in and you repeat the same loop you did in the first half, which from a running perspective, it seems a bit bleak because you're seeing the same stuff twice. Mm. But from a cheering perspective, because it meant the cheerers could jump around and see us at lots of spots. And it was definitely had inclines. Like, you know, like that thing of you're just running along and you realise you're going up a very steady hill. uh, And such a little amount of shade just very very open like we've like open wide pathways which are lovely but not great when it's just direct sun so i'm not the best in heat i think we've discussed this before (laughs) i think i thought initially that i'd be all right i didn't actually think it'd be that hot and then once i got going i just the heat got to me really really quickly so i had a cap on the bought cap and pete had um they'd written on my t-shirts on my back it said birthday girl (laughs) so like loads of people it was really fun because runners were coming past me and wishing me a happy birthday and like in danish and then i had to keep being like oh oh yeah you're talking to me thanks Thanks." (laughs) and it was really nice it was like kind of like a fun like it kept me going and like i was chatting to people at the beginning about it and it was a good distraction but the heat just i ran the first probably eight to ten miles at a really like dead on consistent pace but a consistent pace for if i was trying to do you know like trying to pace myself to pace that wouldn't be in that kind of heat and I should have gone out I mean I thought I was going slow but I should have gone even like half a minute a minute even slower than that so I was far too ambitious really and by halfway I literally thought I was like I feel like I'm gonna keep like I'm just gonna my legs felt so heavy I felt so sapped of energy and I felt so nauseous it was like that feel that sunstroke feeling and you know when you're like I'm only halfway like the whole course is full of people cheering it had such cool cheer zones with like quite a few different run clubs so obviously there's some sort of unlike at london marathon where everyone is kind of cautioned off and it feels quite 
the race it's all you know there's the race and then there's people who cheer at the race this one felt super integrated so it was like the race organizers had spoken to the run clubs about what they could do in their zone area so people had done stuff like there were banners stretched over the course there was like speakers set up as you ran towards a cheer zone for a club and you could hear like you know they'd like build them up with speakers and the music was playing like really dramatic music everyone had confetti cannons the the cheer the race organizer the halfway point had confetti cannons and a guy on a microphone and i think i high-fived one of the pro like one of the pro runners was at that kind of halfway mark with his medal around his neck like high-fiving people as they were coming (laughs) so it just felt like it had such a lovely great atmosphere that 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 helped so much but um it was such a tough race like and it wasn't it wasn't just because it was a marathon if that even if that had been a half for me that was the weather was something that just didn't play to my strengths at all (laughs) luckily I have amazing cheer team yeah including dedicated husband for life who was like um kind of scraped me off the floor around like 30k and was like i'll see you at 37 and he kept and then he's like i'll see you at 40 and that totally like got me through i like went a bit crazy near the end because i managed i think when it got under 10k i was like i know i suddenly had that feeling where i was like i can i can finish this because the whole way in the middle i was like you know walking through all the water stations drinking as much water as I could just being like I've just got to get to the next water station Mm. and then I saw him and it was under 10k and I was like okay I can I'm gonna I knew I but I knew at that point I was gonna get to the end like no matter what which at one point I was didn't I was gonna I was kept thinking I'll just stop and um he so him knowing he'd be at the next one was like literally all I was thinking and I got this like perk of energy and I started to like jog more and I was I decided to change playlist and I put on a musicals playlist (laughs) and also in my kind of like obviously starting to get a little bit delirious started to sing at like along to my playlist quite loudly (laughs) what were you singing things like the Hamilton soundtrack nice yeah. hairspray I think came in so there was some really good La La Land in the middle Amazing. <laughs> definitely someone got me doing a rendition of like City of Stars <laughs> at like mile 25 <laughs> that's not particularly rousing either no I know I was a little bit like because it was a random playlist that I just had and I just went oh I feel like that and I was like all of these songs aren't exactly like most you know it's not the power track that you yeah it's not Eye of the Tiger is it yeah people are normally listening to Eye of the Tiger I'm listening to Welcome to the 60s (laughs) (laughs) but whatever gets you through so (laughs) I came out the end like I literally I like sprinted I you know sprinted I wouldn't it wasn't sprinting but I was going faster in the final bit which by the way for anyone who then does decide to run Copenhagen Marathon they do that thing where you think it's the end and it's not the end and then it's not the end again and they do it (laughs) fake arches so the fake arches this was brutal and that caused my watch had long finished like it already said I'd covered 26.2 so this was like I came around this corner and I you know mine had beeped I'd gone through an arch and I was like I'm still not finished came out and it looked like such a long finish line you know like where you've got the last bit with loads of people it was so mean so I tried to sprint that bit and um, I saw I saw Charlie there as well she was like waiting on the side of that last funnel so it was really nice to like see familiar faces right near the end and I she got like that's the bit when I'm like grinning all the other bits I look very <laughs> sad and very angry <laughs> And then I came over the line and my friend Johnny, who'd also finished, was right there. So like I literally like he gave me a massive hug and then I like bawled my eyes out. 
then I like was totally fine and went on this total adrenaline rush and was like, I'm happy I've done it. It's done. Oh, yay. So I think also because I was so happy it was done. And I was like, now it's my birthday. And then I got excited and we did. I had a badge and I had, we went for massive burgers and spent the rest of the weekend celebrating. And that it made that bit really great in a way, which is what I thought it would be. But yeah, it definitely wasn't the race I wanted in terms of going for a, a PB or, you know, kind of just being a, a more comfortable race. It was never yeah. going to be easy, but it didn't, you know, it really made me realise how much of it. I think we always talk about it's all about your head and everything. But like I've that was the that's the race that showed me that I mentally had to work for it. Yeah. So I was re-listening to our not the last episode we did the one before so back in September and we were talking about Boston qualifying times and whether anyone can run a Boston qualifying time what are your thoughts on this so soon after a marathon <laughs> no <laughs> I can't <laughs> it's interesting though like that thing about it being about your mental capacity and a lot of it is mental capacity because it's pain and how much you can push yourself through whatever yeah, pain you're in comfortable you can be being uncomfortable yeah and even though I knew you know I knew I was I'd done this before and I knew it, so it was going to be over I, I found it so difficult to climb over that feeling like getting back up to a normal running pace like uh, I don't know it's you've got I suppose it's also about how much you want it yeah and what that means to you like I think the other friends I went with who were we all had bad like tough races because of the weather and you know, we as a four have all had mixed reactions to how we now, like what we want to do next. Mm. Like I'm like, my friend is, he, you know, he's really chasing the time he wants. So he's booking himself straight onto another marathon. And I'm kind of like, maybe I'm not caught in that cycle anymore. Like yeah. for me, some, some things I've realized that probably that, yeah, in the right conditions on the right day, in the right, you know, in the right timing, I could do it, but I don't necessarily need to prove that to myself now. Like I've, I've kind of done what I needed to do in in its in another way. Yeah. So it's it's nice. I feel like I'm at a new piece with it. Cool. But interestingly, not with the result that I expected. Yeah, that's true. Like I think I thought I had to get the time that I wanted to have that feeling. And yeah, you know, never say never, but <laughs> it's too much. I think I I really do feel differently about like long distance running now, and I'm not 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 in like a bad way, but just in a it's for a time and maybe my time is doing different stuff now yeah I think marathons especially you have to like you just said you have to really want to do it because it isn't something that only takes like an hour a week it is a massive chunk of your life so you have to kind of want to spend the time doing it yeah yeah and this that's it it's like the variety I really the thing I remember saying the day before the marathon was like I'm just really excited to to do other stuff yeah like I can't wait I was like I miss my little bike yeah I want to go and I want to sit and just read some stuff like yeah. it's not sometimes you just don't want the default thing to be running because mm. it does prevent you thinking about other things or doing other things um as a, a remote spectator to this race I would just yes. like to give a shout out to how amazing the Copenhagen Marathon app was yeah you're not the first person to say this I've heard it's great so I was tracking all of you guys and obviously I don't I can't tell how accurate it actually was because I wasn't there to see it but it it felt like it was pretty damn accurate it was like refreshing it was like literally counting seconds um up, updating when it said it was going to and the coolest thing was I don't know if you realized this at the time that every 5k marker 
as well as a timing mat, there was also a photographer. <laughs> and it, it live updated your race photos to the app with your race times at every 5k point, which was the most incredible thing I think I've ever seen. That's so cool from a spectating point of view. Yeah, I was like, this is horrendous if you're having a horrible race and you don't want anyone to see how bad a race you're having because, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I would have realised that that was happening. Yeah. It didn't actually get you until quite long into the race. I think, like, gone the halfway point was the first one where it actually came up. And I was like this. Oh, well, for the listeners, I was probably grimacing quite painfully. <laughs> Definitely, I my, that explains it because my dad sent me some screenshots of me and I was like, where have these come from? I didn't understand. And I haven't actually... I mean, I've just not really engaged with it. They definitely sent me an email about the photos and stuff. And yeah. we did talk about the app that day, but my phone kept... I couldn't load that photo section, so I didn't understand where they had come from. Well, go back like, on it now. You've probably got a load of free race photos. Oh, yeah. yeah, but they, they're just me wearing a cap, grimacing. <laughs> <laughs> I never want yeah, to see that cap again. I thought that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> that's really cool. That, I mean, that's where you think, like, you've really seen them make the most of that technology, isn't it? Yeah. I don't. I doubt it was even a photographer. It was probably just a camera set up, just constantly taking photos, wasn't it? But how does that, the technology behind that is really clever. Race number. Yeah, and then tags it onto your yeah. record or something. But it does it in real time. That's yeah. awesome. So, well, it was like probably five minutes after you got the time for that checkpoint, it then said, like, click here for photos. So um, that was pretty cool. Basically, that day at work or that uh, kind of mid-morning. So I work Sundays in uh, Dubai. So I just sat at my desk, just constantly refreshing, constantly refreshing. I would recommend it. Like, I think it's it's a like for being a great city and a great, a really well-organized race, like no race queue problems, a little bit crowded like because of the loop-de-loop thing that was going on there was a crossover point where you were coming out into the suburban bit and coming back in that bit I had a you know it slowed us down we had a bit of a bottleneck but not for long like it wasn't for a long time I had like you just had to slow down and then move off again and I think that would have only affected like it was like me and the slower pack rather than like the fast pack wouldn't have had that kind of problem because they would have not you know they would have gone through quicker but yeah it was a good race like there was plenty of water stations. They were like every three and a half K, which... Oh, wow. That is a lot. Yeah, I felt like... And they ne- they didn't run out and they had loads of rehydration and all the, all the like, bananas and oranges. I was going to say, any good fruits. Got to love the fruit, fruit. at a European race. Yeah, I like that. That's a really good... It works really well. So, as a European race goes, and it started at half nine, so it starts that little bit earlier. Yeah, to be recommended. Oh, Not sure about the whole doing it on your 30th birthday thing. <laughs> I'd say I'd say do it like the day before you know good to do it around the time but maybe the the actual day of did make it quite intense <laughs> it made, almost made it like pressured I like added another layer of pressure that I possibly didn't need the only thing I was disappointed about was that there was no helium balloon attached to you <laughs> but that might have made running a bit problematic or you know just like whacked everyone behind you in the face yeah well yeah actually good point because the pacers had the pacing, their pacing things were balloons. And I got, kept getting thwacked in the head by one of them. And then people would have just been like following you. <laughs> that would have been funny. Imagine if they thought that the three, the 30 was like a three hour, three hour pacer. Something. Follow her. Hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, they must have been like, yeah, she's just doing three hours, isn't she? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at that pace. It's like she must be speeding up at some point. Nope, nope. <laughs> so great. So there's another medal to add to my collection. 
So tell me about the experiences in Dubai. What's what's the fitness scene? Can you do you can do races out there? I've noticed you suggested them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I have kind of well, as soon as I got here, it was still cool enough to go running. I'd say it was like mid twenties, which is probably the absolute tops of my running temperature in the UK. Yes. But I'd yes. Say, I'm going to give it a go. It's actually all right. The key. It's pretty obvious. It's just drink a shit ton of water, um, which I was never really very good at, but that kind of helps. And you do that even while you're running? Like literally, or is it all about before you go Beforehand, out? Beforehand, yeah. And then just like straight away afterwards, make sure you eat, make sure you just drink loads of water. Um, because if, when I was running in the summer in London, I would like wake up the next day and then feel like I had a hang- hangover. Whereas that didn't really happen here because I just drank so much when I got home. Mm. Um, so my first month I did a 10k race which was in 34 degrees in the evening which was pretty pretty disgusting really glad I did it I didn't feel anywhere near as horrendous as I thought I was going to and I did like an hour and four minutes which it's not the worst 10k time I've ever run I would have expected it to have taken a lot more time off your time and actually the first half of the race I did like 29 minutes and then I just got really hot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's actually quite hilly as well um but basically recently the last three weeks i've not run at all because it doesn't get below 34 degrees at any point in the day yeah and do you think is that the kind of standard there though like the same for everyone uh no so the running club that i joined so i joined Adidas runners uh straight away mm-hmm. they are going the whole way through the summer they do wow like five four or five sessions a week so far they've only moved by half an hour and that's only because of ramadan not because of the heat <laughs> that's because people need uh-huh. to break fast um so yeah they're just where going. do they go where do they go running um go running around the marina which is where i live or along the beach or around birch park near the Burj khalifa and the fountains oh, yeah. which is really cool i haven't that's been running nice. there yet so i'm gonna try and kind of rejoin them this week but yeah it's it's definitely warm Mm -hmm. do you have the choice to do do they do like a 5k what's their distances yeah then they're never really massive distances they're like five five six k max each session so it's Mm. that's kind of how they change the sessions rather than stopping just kind of like run less distance maybe run a bit slower Mm. just take it a bit more easy it seems like there'd be less of a like long distance culture out there it would be more about the short fast stuff so a lot of people do marathon train here but they get up at like ridiculous o'clock in the morning to do it so i've known people get up at half three four o'clock in the morning to get a long run in before the sun rises wow as soon as the sun rises that's when it's really really hot you've got like so it's most stuff it is after the sun goes down yeah i i don't want to get up at that time (laughs) But there is a absolutely massive um, like fitness culture here. So the cycling is absolutely massive as well. So the kind of government has built this massive like purpose-built cycling track out in the desert, which loads of people I work with go to. They go again like at like five o'clock in the morning. So they go training and then they do races there. And there's loads of running races, triathlons, but they all kind of kick off again in October. So yeah, I can't remember yeah. what the dates were, but I was like, if anyone wants to come to the UAE for a race... There's a half marathon in November, which 
I think is in Abu Dhabi. There's one in Dubai in mm-hmm. December, and then there's one in Masalkema in, um, which is another Emirate in January or February. And they're all meant to be really good bases. <laughs> I definitely feel like I need to do some more heat practicing before then. <laughs> I have to go like run in a sauna or something. Yeah, I'm definitely going to attempt at least one of them because by then it's getting down to like mid twenties to say. Yeah. And you're like you're you're acclimatizing all the time, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I went out the other night and it was like thirty-one degrees, and I was like, "Ooh, I might have needed a cardigan." <laughs> and then I walked about two hundred meters and was like, "No, definitely didn't need one." <laughs> <laughs> Thirty seconds of breeze. And are you doing? Were you saying there's a Barry's boot camp type thing? Yes, there's Barry's. It opened the day that I got here, so I've been to Barry's a few times, and most excitingly. I joined yes. a cross, CrossFit gym last week. Oh, how did that go? Really good. You've joined the cult of CrossFit. Yeah. I am halfway through my two-week beginners program. So you have to do six sessions of beginners. It's called Elements, uh, where they basically teach you how to do everything safely. And then you can join the big girl classes. And boys, obviously. Um, so tell me, because I don't really know what CrossFit is. I think I know, but I don't know if I do know. What, what what kind of stuff would you do? What's an example, like, exercise? Um, so far, I've done three sessions, and we learned squats in the first one, like, all different kinds of squats and how to do them, like, safely, proper form. We did a session on burpees, press-ups, and pull-ups. So, again, like, how to do them all properly, different variations. And then last session, we did kettlebells, like, swings, and box jumps. I feel like that would just be really useful generally. Like I go to lots of like I'm going to a few classes where those things are involved in them. And yes, there's an instructor who goes around and corrects you a bit. But actually, like having someone do that very like basic introduction, kind of great for just like going to the gym on your own. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously they're all things that I've done before, but I've never had, or not for a while at least, had someone like properly stand and watch my squat and be like, no, this is exactly where your feet should be. This is exactly where your hip should be. Yeah, because you so easily get into bad habits with stuff like that, unless someone can see what you're doing. So I've got three more sessions this week. In fact, I've got one in an hour, so that's exciting. And then on Thursday, I've immediately enrolled like the next day onto my first CrossFit class because I was like, I need to as soon as I fit, as soon as I graduate, you call it graduating. <laughs> Again, um, the cult of I know. CrossFit is big, but it's actually really nice already because it's like the same um, eight people do the whole six classes together yeah um, it's a great way to meet people too right I suppose because yeah. you're in somewhere new and then you all graduate together so I was like I need to do a class pretty quickly so I don't get scared yeah now you're going to be like well on it now and it's I timed it it's six minutes door to door from my apartment wow so I have no excuses <laughs> it's pretty hard to get location like that in London mm. you know it's not always that easy to live that close to a gym or anything any kind of class that you want to do So that's convenient to like a new level. So we were also going to talk about staying on our our running heavy themes at the moment. Um, Because we, so I saw that tweet by one of our friends, Lizzie, about heckling and being heckled while you're running. Yeah. And I very recently had quite, uh, I don't know, like exposing experience, an experience that made me realize that this stuff is not dead. Like 
it's 2017 and these things are happening like as much as they used to happen and women women like being out and about on your own is as exposing and as vulnerable maybe as as it has always been or certainly not it's still as common I suppose why don't you I'd be interested to know if like you feel like in Dubai that's how that works because you're in the Middle East yeah and I mean are you running in your hot pants what's the, what's the deal <laughs> I haven't run at all on my own yet so I can't comment on whether this would happen if I was on my own I'll say that firstly however even though I haven't been running on my own I honestly cannot imagine that that would happen here in the slightest yeah I would be really really surprised if it does and just on a general kind of like safety point I feel over 90% safe here so as an example, um, like people leave their apartment doors open, like they don't lock them when they go out. You can leave your car running and someone won't steal it. I left my phone in a taxi one Friday night and the taxi driver drove it back to me the next day. So I think it's just a bit more of a culture of respecting kind of like other people's like being, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to respect, doesn't it? I mean, there's definitely a lot of shoving when it gets to, like, getting on the metro and, like, getting in and out of lifts and stuff. <laughs> I love it. It's like, there's respect, but I'm going to shove someone to get on the tube. <laughs> yeah, unless you're trying to get on the train, in which case there's none. Fortunately, I think here it's getting worse in general. I think people's respect for each other and that that caring kind of a allowance of, of people to have different differing opinion but still allow them to coexist together feels like something that's quite full of quite a lot of tension at the moment maybe and quite factitious and the experiences running are probably not getting worse or changing a lot it's just that it's still there and you know the conversation around women being able to go like walk home at night on their own is still one that's being had and still one that's like you're still vulnerable whether you go for a walk or go for a run it's broad daylight or not um and yeah my I should refer to my experience I suppose of just a guy it was seven o'clock in the morning it's broad daylight I'm surrounded by loads of cars and pedestrians who are on their way to work or whatever and I'm running and I've got like I haven't got my headphones in I'm just like I'd forgotten all my kit so I was literally just running and I'm standing at a crossing and a guy starts shouting at me and he's, he's he's swearing at me but I'm I didn't really realize he was trying to get my attention I was like ignoring him uh and then he runs over and gropes me and he says what it's nice why can't I his attitude is so leisurely and so just like oh I mean why not and of course like I've reported it the police were amazing they they talked about you know how it's happening kind of like you know that guy being there at seven o'clock in the morning and being like that is something that has to be addressed and they're going to try and find him and things but it's that element of like I felt so I felt so angry that that I was I got the bus after and I was looking out the window and there were so many other people running and men running in shorts in t-shirts I was in a pair of leggings and a t-shirt nothing not literally no person of note and he it's that feeling of like why like what what made you feel like that was acceptable what made you think nothing of it that makes it so infuriating yeah the thing that makes me really angry about that is that that person felt like they were entitled to like invade your personal space like what 
gives you the right to think that you can just do that to someone. Yeah. And where does that come from? Where does that like that feeling of ownership and, and that feeling of like, well, I'm just I'm just showing them I'm showing them some interest. Why would they why wouldn't they like it? Yeah. That makes it so shocking. Uh, but on kind of a straw poll of general people I know, us included, like, this isn't really that surprising. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't even think anything of it now. Well, I can remember one time that I was in Earl's Court and I came out of the tube station. I was just walking down the road in Earl's Court and, uh, like, a white van pulled up next to me and they were just all, like, hooting and just being like, way And, like, what? I'm just, I'm just walking along. Like, what's your problem? Like, and that's, and I just, I remember at the time thinking, oh, for God's sake, like, like, oh, this again, not even shocked. Yeah. And that feeling of how do you, what do you do about it? Like, how do you stop? How do you acknowledge it? And then, and not be the one that's then placed in the wrong. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just not really sure what you do about when things like that happen, other than reporting it to the police. But I'm always really scared that if you shout back, then like you could end up getting yourself in trouble We've probably spoken before about when I, like, went mental at a guy outside Liverpool Street because he tried to, like, grab all the girls I was running with. And again, it was very similar attitude. It was very much like, what, I'm, like, you're all attractive. You should be, like, kind of glad that I'm, like, trying to touch you kind of thing. It was like... um, But then I felt kind of, like, in a safe space to retaliate because there were so many members of the public around and I was running with other people. But in reality, if something had happened, all of those people could just be like, oh, I've got nothing to do with this. Like, I'm going to step out of the way here. Yeah. And in the same way as when you're on your own, you just, you're so, you're basically vulnerable in whatever situation you're in. You put yourself in a a vulnerable, exposed place that, yeah, yeah, you don't know if the people around you are going to help or not. Yeah. And just why should it happen in the first place? Yeah. Um, Shout out to the police, obviously amazing. And the, I actually put in an online form so you didn't have to call. I mean, you can call 999 and the nurse said, uh, the policeman said to me that actually I should have called 999. It's an emergency to me. And they, you know, they try, they then deal with how quickly someone cuts out to you, which actually like in the moment I felt kind of like I didn't have the right to do that in the sense that it wasn't a, you know, the house isn't on fire kind yeah. of situation. And, and that's, she was just like, that's not the case. Like, she's like, we, we, you know, the person on the phone will make that decision about what they do with it, but it is an emergency to you. And I thought that was really like kind of valuable advice to hold on to. Yeah, that is interesting. Kind of like let them decide how to prioritize it. The most important thing is let them know that it happened. Yeah. And you're not wasting their time because I think that's the scare, the fear, isn't it? That you're like taking up their time on something when they should be doing something else. But, you know, if you feel it's a real, something is happening to you, then that's, you have full right to, to, to kind of use the service. Yeah, and the one thing I said to you was the the good thing about reporting it and the thing that you need, like, everyone needs to make sure that if stuff like that happens that they do is because more ch- like the more evidence you have against someone, the more, like, reports and eyewitness accounts and stuff, the more chance there is of catching them because someone like that will do it again, unfortunately. The policeman also talked about carrying a rape alarm and so I don't know what you think about them. Yeah, I think I would feel really uncomfortable having to do that. I Yeah, I just, I don't know why I wouldn't want to because 
if it's going to help me in the situation, then I probably should. But I think I feel this like, why should I have to? That feels like a very, very extreme um, measure for essentially just carrying out my day-to-day activities. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I couldn't, you know, I keep just thinking like, I've run that route, this area, so many miles around this area <laughs> at all times of day too. Like often quite early in the morning, but like at times both broad daylight and not. And it, it is frustrating that even your, your daily life is, has got this kind of, there's always this element going on in the background. And, you know, it's also something that there are much bigger things affecting women and people everywhere but it is something that you you find it's just so embedded in particularly in like us at the moment or it seems to be yeah it's like unnecessary like little bullshit when there's like much other bigger things that we could be worrying about (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) on that note yeah as i say talking bullshit (laughs) (laughs) let's just do a very very quick roundup of of political happenings because we don't want to like bore everyone to tears and also there's some other you can't be bored about it (laughs) i'm not bored about it i in fact i spent my whole weekend like completely immersing myself in politics in fact i was about to say there's some really good podcasts specifically on this so which do much better job of it than we will oh i want those give me them Given my political views, they're a bit left-swinging, so um, Owen Jones has a podcast, and The New Statesman, which again is a little little less biased, but they're still left-leaning podcast. They actually did a very interesting one this week on kind of like all the different scenarios, and if people said turn out at certain ages, like what could happen, how, how accurate they think the polls are. Whereas obviously listening to something like Owen Jones is basically just like listening to someone that you completely agree with and you're just sitting there going, yeah, 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 why does everyone think like this? So it's a bit kind of not really learning anything from it because it's a bit echo chamber-esque. There's some sites, like there's some products that are recently coming out, like digital, that are about kind of like trying to cut through loads of noise and just give you like facts. Yeah. And there's this politics guide, which is one of them and just trying to find some stuff that you feel like you're being given the kind of black and white issues or at least a a perspective on what those things are and not getting too caught up in too much of the fake news or the drama around things that would really help because that I think this time more than any you feel that there is so much out there and a lot of it is hype or chat or skew and you kind of want that like let me start start like from the core and then work my way to, to work my way out. <laughs> so watching a general election get called and then unfold from afar is a bit of a weird situation, especially like kind of what you're saying. I feel like I'm kind of watching it from the outside and because of the people that I follow on social media and who my friends are, I feel very unexposed to what's actually going on because I'm seeing a very skewed version more so Mm -hmm. than before obviously that happens a lot with everyone because they're friends with certain people but because I'm not there as well I feel like it's even more of a problem so like if you look if you looked at my if you looked at my twitter feed on my facebook profile like flipping Jeremy Corbyn's going to be the prime minister on Friday and I don't think that's going to be the case unfortunately (laughs) 
That's really interesting. You're right. I suppose you're not because you've not got that other. You're not picking up anything anecdotally from like. Yeah, I've not got like other people. Yeah, like work or just being on the street, being on the tube, like hearing other people. I'm literally only getting the information from people that I've chosen to like be in my phone. So, uh-huh. although having said that, I, as I was literally sitting here, um, so I posted a picture of my so. My friend Michelle did my postal vote for me yesterday and I posted a picture of it on Facebook and one of my dad's friends just commented on it, um, just, you know, some some ba- light banter, which to be fair, I've had nothing near the level of crap that I got during the EU referendum. I got a bit mm-hmm. out of hand, the, like, kind of infighting and arguments that there was, but it got a bit much. Yeah, there's been less time. I think that's actually one of the main things for me that I've noticed, that... There's not the time for it to be this very slow, gradual build-up that maybe makes everyone kind of sick of it. This is quite good in that sense. It, yeah, it turns you to it. Yeah, it's a very imminent like thing you have to engage with. But there's definitely a feeling of, I would say generally about being feeling more politically motivated, perhaps. Perhaps after the referendum, like we talked about, people who didn't feel like the vote went the way they wanted it to have tried to become more politically engaged yeah and I actually said the opposite after that and also after Trump won in America I was like I'm actively disengaging from politics like, I deliberately unfollowed loads of stuff that I had on Twitter I was just like I want nothing to do with this it's all a load of crap and I think mm. this time in the last week or so at least anyway because there's kind of been this like I don't know this like sudden surge of oh, actually, it doesn't have to be, like, crap forever. We could actually do something to change it. And I don't think anything will happen to change it this time, but I hope that it means that people think that it could possibly in the future. Yeah. It's like, we just want it to feel... Like, there needs to be some positivity that is deemed from this. Yeah. I'm not sure what that will be, but it will be interesting to see after Friday. I was also trying really hard not to be really obvious what my political views were on the internet, but it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would say that my Facebook page is full of people with red, like weird red colour wash on their profile pictures as like some sort of <laughs> weird subliminal messaging. <laughs> <laughs> not that subliminal, subliminal messaging. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like just a little bit quite obvious. <laughs> um, I've been enjoying, well, not enjoying, just noticing, which I think is a good thing, although it's creepy. Uh, I put something into my Google Calendar and it was like a an appointment that was next week, but it wasn't on, uh, like it was, it was generally, it was like a Monday and it's at the same time automatically popped up another window with an appointment that said vote in the general election. Oh, really? <laughs> with the time and then wanted me to save it to my calendar. And I was like, Google is like on it. Yeah, they're really on it. And I was kind of creeped out by it. But at the same time, like, it's not, you know, they're not telling you to vote any particular way. They're just telling you to vote. And I kind of appreciated that. Do you know what? I posted the the kind of one thing. Well, I've posted a couple of things on Facebook. The the first thing I posted was about just getting registered to vote because I kind of made a joke and was like, make sure you register to vote unless you're going to vote Tory, in which case don't bother. But I genuinely think that voting is more important than anything I like I feel so strongly about this. I voted in every single election since I was 18, like everything, local elections, European elections, 
even that stupid one they were like shall we change the voting system I didn't really understand what it was but I made sure that I at least read two sentences on each thing and was like I'm going to make a decision either way because it's something that you should not take for granted and I know it's too late now for anyone that hasn't registered but shame on you and do it next time yeah because you also realize that this it it shouldn't you know we are in a in a position where we have a choice like we have a vote we have a vote like we have you might not feel like it makes much difference but it's something and like that's the only way it will ever have any impact good luck to everyone involved on friday thursday yeah it will be you vote thursday so like get that well you don't it doesn't matter you don't need to i've done (laughs) done. already (laughs) for anyone who's here with me go have a little pop pop to your local ours is like a church hall go to the church hall yeah mine was primary school the good thing about the time difference is that i'll probably be waking up as it's like getting finalized picking through yeah that's true i get up at quarter to three uk time yeah oh that's weird you're gonna know in advance of that well unless i stay like unless i stay up or try to and then i'll fall asleep (laughs) guaranteed (laughs) i'm gonna go probably like lift some stuff and do some burpees and shit (laughs) this is my finally gonna get hench plan get hench <laughs> okay, I think I saw a hashtag relating to that yeah hashtag Lizzie gets hench I see you can chart Lizzie's progress <laughs> via the hashtag <laughs> strangely mm. enough there is nothing else on that hashtag yet apart from my one photo <laughs> well there you are there's, this is why you're doing it because there's a window of opportunity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to own Lizzie gets hench <laughs> <laughs> well where can people can people find us on the internet now oh they can goodness, find this podcast we might, we might revive some of our social channels along with this as well we should probably tweet just to let people yeah. know it's there what is what is even our web address these days <laughs> it's one for the road podcast.com <laughs> i feel like you were actually typing that into google as you said it <laughs> it might have been on a tab that i needed to open <laughs> to double okay. check so one for the road podcast.com uh, we will be on iTunes. Well, if you're listening to this, you would have already found us somewhere, but it will either be on iTunes or on the Acast app. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at OFTR Podcast, which might actually get some action now. Well, say hi. Like, uh, I kind of want to, you know, we're back. See, let us know if you're back. Yeah. Have, have we lost all six of our listeners? <laughs> are you happy that we're rambling back again? We are. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy too. Yay! High five us, but never in the same room. Well, on that note, speak to you soon. Yeah, speak to you later. Bye!